This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Catalog and Cocktails, coming to you live from Gartner or at Orlando, Florida. And we've had a real whirlwind of the last few days day here. Three, four. Yeah, uh, day f- three or four, four. now, and uh, lots of uh, honest, no BS conversations. A little bit of BS, but lots of honest, <laughs> no BS conversations. It's a lot been of really BS. Great. We got a lot of video segments that we've been interviewing some folks, so we'll be hearing the, the the excitement that people have about things and what they're calling BS on. And there's some contradictions in there, so yeah, I'll be yeah. look forward to that. Yeah, this is a kind of a special episode here, where instead of just having one guest and just doing one guest, we actually have some different perspectives here. So exactly. really looking forward to sharing that with y'all today. So, um, there's been a lot going on the last couple of days, so we've been taking some notes. We want to share our takeaways with everybody about what we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, been, this is day three, kind of day three officially here, mm-hmm. even though things started on Sunday. So, uh, on day one, uh, the things that I was looking at and kind of in the keynote originally, not surprising, we're hearing a lot about people and a lot mm-hmm. about ROI, right? ROI. And another theme that I've been kind of just talking here in the, in the hallways is this balance between what's short-term and long-term, right? It was, that was a keynote this mm-hmm. morning. That was a keynote on Monday. So ROI, think about ROI from a short-term and long-term perspective. And have a purpose, right? Ask a lot of why, have a purpose. And guess what? It's not about that technology. I mean, we're kind of repeating ourselves over and over again, but this is great. Um, guess what has been a topic gpt right large language models and all that stuff it's the coolest I, thing ever but 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 it's 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 something i learned it's snt compliant what's that mean yeah it's snt it's a shiny new thing compliant <laughs> so 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 <laughs> what, what's interesting is that there's everybody's very cautious about it we're not in the exhibit hall we're not seeing every single vendor who's just now promoting oh we put gpt on top mm-hmm. of things that's not happening which mm-hmm. is very interesting i think people are very cautious about it um, and, and Gartner here is telling everybody you have to be very skeptical. But having said that, this is going to be transformational. This is going to be as transformational as the web was. By the way, everybody says it's the internet, but it's the web. Remember, it's the web. Um, another term I heard today for the first time, and I posted this on LinkedIn, people already started saying, nah, another buzzword that Gartner has is a data analytics franchise. And, and look, I, I get it that it's another, it's another, sounds like another buzzword, but I'll be very honest, I think it's a clever thing to explain what is centralized and what needs to be decentralized. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking yesterday with, with, with our actually customer of ours and, and she was like, yeah, she came up with the same thing. Oh, that data franchise is another buzzword. But I'm like, hold on, that, because she said like, that's just hub and spoke. I'm like, yeah, that's true. They're not making up another buzzword. They're just coming up with an analogy to be able to explain this. And then she said like, oh, that's true because I explained hub and spoke to my CFO, and the CFO really didn't get it. Mm-hmm. It was hard to explain it. If I would have used data franchise, I'm like, oh, you're creating a fr-, like. This is a franchise model. Now it's an analogy that can it's be an analogy. Mm-hmm. So I think that. So I'm for all, I'm calling out all the folks on LinkedIn who are like data franchise, another buzzword. It's like, if you're taking it that way, yes, it's another buzzword. But take it as an analogy to be able to explain to the business what is centralization, what is decentralization, what is hub and spoke. So that's mm-hmm. the honest no BS. I'm calling BS on people who are like another buzzword thing. Um, now a little bit on the technical side. I'm super happy to hear the, every, all the metadata folks here at Garner saying metadata is a graph. I mean, Mark Byer, I like his quote, he's like, metadata has been screaming at us, I am a graph. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the theme. Like, if you're going to, like, quote, unquote, activate metadata, whatever, you need to be able to go query it, and all that metadata is in a graph. So mm-hmm. what, we, what we've always been talking about is that, hey, data, data catalogs, they're all about being in a graph. Yep. Um, then on day two, another big thing that I kind of, there was a lot of topic uh, conversations was 
is the data fabric, the data mesh, the data products. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the other thing that I've seen, is that the definition of a data fabric has changed over the years. Mm -hmm. So in the last couple, I mean, three, four years ago, it was this whole crazy thing I, you couldn't even explain it it was like magic that people wanted and before that it was a lot about virtualization it was a lot of virtualization layer, right? and yeah. stuff like that and now the definition that Gartner presents a data fabric is metadata analysis plus recommendation mm -hmm. uh, and then you go hear everything and like well that's what catalogs do mm -hmm. so they're doing that and, and 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 we've been seeing these debates of data fabric versus data mesh very happy to hear that they said stop that debate and actually the best of both worlds is doing both yeah. so you want to be able to do the data mesh to have like the products but then you also want to have this data fabric where you're actually keeping track of the metadata mm -hmm. I, I think this is this is now I'm, I'm glad that Gartner's kind of not fully embracing, but at least welcoming okay. that mesh fabric products, these things can all work yeah, together. This all right? works and they must mm -hmm. work together. Now, another thing to consider is like having this, uh, understand your maturity of metadata and governance. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you can have low maturity on both, higher maturity on, matur on metadata and higher maturity on governance and stuff. They said that only 5% of Gartner clients have high metadata and governance maturity. High on both. High on both. Mm. That was interesting. And low on both is like 85%. Mm. Um, and then they go off. There's like some little matrix. So if you're low on both, then you should do the logical data warehouse. and whatnot. Anyways, that, that, mm. that's a little bit blah, blah, blah. But, um, and then today, we, again, we continue the conversation on people. I, mm -hmm. I, I really love this. In the keynote this morning, I know you're going to talk more about mm -hmm. it, but it's about behavioral change. And I tell everybody, it's like all first season of, of the uh, Catalog and Cocktails, I was wearing Seinfeld t-shirts, mm -hmm. and Seinfeld and Larry David, that is so impactful in my life, and I was so happy to go see an episode, <laughs> a snippet of Curb Your Enthusiasm in the keynote today, like saying, hey, if you want to be able to share, uh, change behavior, it was just, well, well, if you uh, want people to change, you got to take away their cake, cake, and you can't let them have it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Curb Your Enthusiasm fans, you got to go check out the clip. And then, uh, the whole urgent versus important, mm. right? We need to be able mm -hmm. to go manage that, but what are yeah. your takeaways here? I mean, I, everything that you stated, Juan, I think that was very well stated. I mean, there's obviously, I mean, I'm just really going to have one central takeaway that I focus on, and that's around the state of change, right, that's happening in our industry. And it's not just technology change, because it certainly is technology change, right? You, you see the large language model and, and, and GPT movement. You see this shift and this focus around active metadata through your catalog, through your quality tools, through your, you know, your, your semantic layer that you're building, et cetera, right? Active metadata is really important. Whether you're building out your fabric or your mesh or your data products or you're establishing data product managers, right? There's a lot of organizational and process change that you're trying to implement. So there's just change, change, change. We're in a time of radical change in our organizations. And I thought that the, the keynote this morning actually was a really great way to kind of cap off the week here at Gartner because it was actually Shankar Vedantam, who's the, the creator and the host of Hidden Brain. Um, and he talked this morning a lot around the psychological phenomenon about the challenge of making change in any you know organization of people, but certainly within our own companies and our own organizations. And there's a lot of reasons why we simply don't make changes, right? There's too much inertia, right? We, we value too much the things that we personally have built, uh, and therefore we're not open to doing new things, right? We have sunk cost that we're constantly buying into, and the way that we have to motivate change is not with a hammer, right? But actually we need to 
help the people buy in and evangelize this. I thought one of the things that really resonated with me this morning is um, uh, he, he gave an example where um, they really wanted to try to um, battle against AIDS, right, and really help people understand about AIDS. Um, and um, uh, they had college students talk to high schoolers in California about the importance of safe sex, right? And at face value, you think, oh, actually, um, it must be for the high schoolers, right? Because we're trying to educate the high schoolers about the importance of safe sex, right? But no, the target is the college students. By making them the messenger, they are the ones who are then buying into what it is that the message that they're providing. So actually, they're the target. And so I think one of the big takeaways here is that there's a lot of things that we can do to motivate change in our organizations with the people that we work with day after day. The key is to make them evangelists, bring them onto your team, make them part of the message, because that's how we're going to motivate change more quickly. So Yeah, one of the things that I, I was so fascinated, I was actually texting my wife, is mm-hmm. my wife's a behavior analyst. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm at this keynote, and it's all about behavioral change. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that we need to go do more. I mean, we talked about this a lot on the like the, the roles of the data therapist, the knowledge engineer, and all the Like, It's all about trying to talk to people and understand and figuring out what, what is going on and what needs to go change. I think another uh, great analogy I saw is that people optimize for reducing regret and blame. So he was like, if you look at the, uh, in, in soccer, in, in the goalie goes always left or goes right when like 40% of the, of, of, of the kicks, the ball just goes to the center. Mm-hmm. It's like, they should just stay in the center, a higher chance of just of, of, of catching the ball. But why do they go left and right? Because they're optimizing to have less blame. If they stay in the center, people will say, well, why didn't you do anything? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, that's an interesting change right there. And, and that has a lot to do with the culture of our organization. So maybe yeah. as, a, as sort of a final comment, you have to create a culture where it's not all about blame, it's not all about regret, where urgency is not always trumping importance. And you need to make it safe to make mistakes. Because in this time of radical change, if we're constantly penalizing mistakes, we're not going to embrace the change in the right way. And so we need to embrace an experimentation approach. And with that, we're going to leave you with a bunch of uh, takeaways from a lot of the folks that we've spoken here at Gardner. Thanks for listening. All right. Cheers, y'all. We're here with the famous Sydney House. How are you doing? Yes, you are. Welcome Just a working Sydney. girl. <laughs> uh, it's okay. I met Ron at McDavid London. I was there, Last yeah, September. so we got a little okay. bit of time, yeah. Um, but yeah. It's nice to see everyone in person. Yeah, exactly. Well, I always say that Catalog and Cocktail is inspired by the Danish Group, so yeah. thank you. Such thank an amazing you podcast. That. Yeah, likewise, I listen to Catalog Cocktails as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank different, you. Different audiences, different topics. It's, I think of it as podcasts are like really good books. Yeah. We need more of them, um, and that's good. Oh, I love that. So... What are the trends that you're excited about? What are the trends or things that you're seeing that you want to call BS on? Yeah. yeah. Go. What's okay. hot? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to take two things. All right. One is this alignment and consensus to business value. The tech is cool, but the why is the business value. And that was very clearly reinforced in the Gartner keynote. Yesterday, I really My like colleague that. Sonny and I did a roundtable this morning working with CDAOs uh, on how to articulate the business value of all this cool tech. Yeah. So that from kind of the organizational and maturing of our space, of course, GPT 
and thoughts about SAGE and how we're leveraging GPT in a very safe way. Yeah, congrats on your announcement there. That's very exciting. Yeah, but it's more than an announcement. You want to go to the booth and see it? Oh, I want to. Let's do that. Yeah, they'll do that. We had a customer yesterday at the booth, like, totally taking us off piece. And I have to give a shout out to Anthony, who did a great demo. Yeah, so it's GA code will be in customers' hands next month. Yeah, Yeah, I know. So I think the the GPT is one of the exciting things, and one of the, I'm talking to a lot of people, is about cool versus useful, right? So what are the things that you're seeing, and this is where I want to kind of call a bit BS, is like, yeah, that's a cool idea, but how is this going to provide ROI and business value? What what are the the, the things that you're seeing there? So the way we've integrated, and I do think, So you want to find the, we want to find the intersection of the cool and the useful there. Yeah. All right. So it seems like a lot of useful around productivity and around intuitiveness. Yes. Right. And and I think that's really good advice that you're noting that like this is a pretty radical change that this is going to start to impact on all parts of our space and and broader, obviously, right. And so you got to keep up. Yeah. Tim, I think. We will look back, we might not have been old enough for this, but I think about pre-internet, and I remember that. I remember that time before Netscape existed, before the internet Before AOL and everything blew up. Yes, all that. And I think we will think about pre-GPT and post-GPT, or or part, like this and this. There's other large languages. LLMs in general. Yeah, Yeah, this is the other thing, is that where everybody's talking about OpenAI and GPT-3 and 4, but there's all these companies coming out, so it's time to actually be uh, not just only skeptical, but it's really open up your horizon saying it's not just Absolutely. that. There's more of these. Keep the aperture yeah. open, right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. All right, so we're excited about GPT. Yeah. We're excited about ROI. What are we going to call BS on and the on on any trends that we're seeing and stuff? Yeah, what's wrong here? Or how about what's not working that should be working? Sure. No, you're going to get me in trouble, but. Listen, I've been in this space for 30 years, and I'm used to deploying products and evaluating products. Um, And I think, I'm going to get in trouble, but I need to say it, the video that Microsoft put out for Microsoft Copilot is a nice video. But it is bringing me back to that first version of Power BI, which I don't know if you guys remember it. It was a mess of Excel add-ins. Now, I don't want to lay down the gauntlet and, and <laughs> have them like say, oh yeah, we'll show her the way they kind of like could show Tableau. Um, but yeah, those disparate add-ins and actually getting to a full cohesive workflow, it's a nice video. Um, this is one of those like okay GPT three or large language models. You got to be figure out how to really put this inside and not just say 
oh, we do this too, right? Yeah, it can't good. be a bolt-on. It has to yeah. be, how do you enhance it? How do you enhance the whole workflow? Yeah. Rather than it's it's only cool and, and it's got to be real. Yeah. Not, so we want cool and useful. There you go. Yeah. Take I think that's great. Takeaway of this is ROI is tied with useful and it needs to be cool. Can't be just cool. Yeah. Cindy, Good. thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Hey everybody, I'm here with Anthony Clitcho, Reltio. All right, so Anthony, honest, no BS. What's yeah. working in the data world and what's not working in the data what's world? What's not working is cross functional alignment. Let's get these goals documented and drive to some result. What's working is there's hope. There's always hope. All right, that's, uh, I like the hope thing. There's always but, hope. But, but, there has to be more working than just hope. Oh, oh! Uh, what, what else is working? Um, uh, some creativity. Some creativity. I'm seeing some new architectures, uh, just not just from a centralized model, but some decentralized models, some tokenization. The creativity. Creativity is working. All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Malcolm Chisholm. I'm a consultant in data governance and metadata matters, and I actually live not very far away from here in Florida. All I'm right. So freezing today. So two, two questions, what are the trends you're excited about? And second, what are the trends you want to call BS on? I'm excited about the uh, no-code revolution and how that is going to make an impact in data governance and democratize a lot of uh, or the ability to uh, satisfy a lot of use cases in the business. Mm -hmm. BS, I think that uh, data science is kind of in a little bit of trouble right now. I think it's turning into more data engineering. And I think that um, generative AI is going to um, reduce the need for certain types of data engineers. All right, that's your hot take. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. What am I excited about? I'm excited about LLMs and AI. Um, Call BS on what? Uh, I don't know. Uh, really? What what's, is, what's, what's the thing? What's the thing that what's you're? What's the thing that I can like say that won't get me in trouble? Uh, <laughs> so you're saying everything's going great? Everything's going great. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> fractional banking apparently is not going great. That's, <laughs> that seems to be the real problem these days. All right. That's uh, Ben Stanzel yeah. for mode. All right. I got, I got nothing that I hate right now. What can I say? Good. All right. We'll just we'll read read, read your 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 post every Friday. I'll have I'll have more things to complain about then. Yeah. All right. Yeah, think about my complaints. <laughs> I'm here with Sean Anderson of SelectStar, and we're here at Gartner DNA in Orlando. What are the biggest trends, things you're excited about in data, and what do you want to call BS on? Absolutely. So I think that um, what we're really seeing is the realization of data democratization, and that can mean a lot of things to different companies, but this idea of self-service data access, self-service access for data analysts to really achieve. Uh, and access the data that they're trying to get in touch with is, is, is really becoming more of reality. Um, and that's not necessarily on the part of the vendors. It takes a lot of heroics on the customer side, scaffolding that they have to build. Um, but um, I think we're seeing customers approaching that in a much more mature um, and, and smart manner in terms of rolling out those capabilities. Love that. Um, what I'd say is, specifically at this show, a lot of confusion, data mesh, data fabric, data ops. Again, these are all things that are people, process, and technology, and so it really requires a whole lot of 
intellectual tribal knowledge to execute those things for a healthcare company, for a financial services companies that are super specific to how you actually work as a company. Mm. And so I think what we're really cutting through at this show is people understanding that they can build data ops, they can build a data mesh, but it's going to have to be on their own terms. No one vendor is going to be able to step in and say, we can build a data mesh for you, because they really don't understand the intricacies of their data, of the way that they're processing their data. And realistically, only the companies themselves can build that stuff out. Interesting. So, so is that what you're calling BS on? Is like this one size fits all data ops, data mesh kind of thing? It, it, it doesn't exist, right? You know, go find a vendor that can give you a data mesh right out of the box. It's not possible, right? Because um, you know, whether it's the dynamic nature of that data, is it changing all the time, is it super static? That's all gonna be super personal to you as a company and how you build those things out. So I think that we need to shift to being helpful to those people and help give them the building blocks to actually build these things out and not interjecting confusion into the conversation um, by trying to give them a one-size-fits-all thing, which is ultimately not gonna make them successful, not gonna bolster adoption inside. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, thanks, John. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, I'm Vasil Monchev, the CTO of Fontopex. Uh, the exciting thing is that the knowledge graphs are now very tightly integrated with the data integration. This is what we told for every for a really long time. We've been talking about this for a long, yeah, long time. Yeah. It's yeah. great that we're now starting to see yeah. it more. Yeah. And what is really the BS? What are we calling BS? What are the trends? What are you seeing right now? That you're like, oh, come on. Uh, Okay, all these things about the metaverse and the other stuff which is getting traction here. But where, are you seeing that here in Gardner? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. this was the disruptions which you don't see, but they will happen. All right, well, thank you. Here we are at Gardner with Malcolm Hucker. How are you doing? I'm good. I gotta, uh, I, I'm, I'm, good. <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. All right, uh, great so presentations. what are you excited about that you've seen here at Gardner? And second, what are the things uh, you wanna call BS on? Uh, excited about a presentation that I saw earlier today from Mark Beyer, where he was talking about you know, a, a different way of managing data, where he was talking about, you know, stop designing for data, basically stop modeling, stop trying to force kind of human constraints on how we manage data, and instead start observing data. Let the dirt data tell you how to manage itself. Let the data tell you how to govern it. Let the data tell you when it's accurate or inaccurate. And I think it's some really transformational stuff. I think that it's, it's got people's heads turning around. Like, uh, mine, mine but, turning but I think around, yeah. there, there, there's some truth in it. There's, a, there, there, there's something we can challenge on it, but I really yeah. like the Let's understand what we have as a baseline. I think yeah. that. All right, and what do you want to call, anything you want to call BS on? You've heard here, any trends, BS? Um, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of BS out there, um, of, of course. Most of the trends here that I, I've seen, I wouldn't call necessarily BS on, but I mean, there are a lot of things that are not immediate, right? So data fabric, transformational, I think it's a real thing, but I would call BS on anybody that is saying, I can sell you a data fabric right now, or that we've got a solution for data fabric right now. This is a different way of managing data. It's a totally different architecture, and I'd call BS on anybody saying, I can sell you one today. And are you seeing any vendors who are doing that right now? Don't, don't, don't need to name them, just saying if you do see them. I, I have seen them. All right. Well, I have be, seen them. Be careful with that BS. Hey, hello everyone. I'm Kuldeep. I'm a senior manager of data governance at Hershey Company. All right, you work at a chocolate company. That's so cool. All right, so what are the exciting things that you've seen at Gartner and what do you want to call BS on? Well, the exciting thing uh, I have seen uh, a lot about uh, AI and ML is being adopted everywhere. 
the one exciting thing I'm trying to understand is how do you put governance around that, right? As a governance professional, how do you manage that risk? How do we create those ethics and and uh, those management around? How do I control the risk around my AI? That that's an important thing that I'm, I'm really learning. So governance right? around AI. Yes. Um, metadata from the last conference and this conference, activating the metadata is really fascinating to me. We are just starting on the journey of data catalog. So what's our next step? That's activating the metadata is really important. Yeah, one of the things I'm really excited that we're hearing all the time here is metadata is a graph and it's a knowledge graph. So that's yes. really cool. Yes, exactly. All right, all right, so what do you want to call BS on? Well, uh, at this point on Data Fabric, bro, I, I feel there is too much hype around it. Everybody's building because this time if you go and look around, there are too many vendors around, around that and I, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think technically we are there yet. So I think it's, it's going to take time before we can get a solid data fabric, data mesh, semantic layer, whatever you call it, <laughs> before we can get something solid there. We have to wait for that. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Here with Wayne Eckerson of Eckerson Group. And wanted to ask you two quick questions here at Gartner Orlando. That's, My pleasure. What trends are you excited about? And is there anything you'd like to call BS on? Ah, great questions. <laughs> All right, for the first one, I'm following data marketplaces. I really think they're the future uh, for a lot of companies and the future for data catalog products like yourselves. Uh, I think there's got to be a, an easy way, especially if you're in a data mesh environment, which a lot of companies are very interested in, to publish your data products in a way that's easy and frictionless. Mm -hmm. And marketplace technology uh, makes that happen. So I think it's going to be built into data catalogs like yours, three to five years. Mm. I love that trend. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's my uh, trend that I'm following. Um, the BS. Yeah, what's BS? <laughs> Data or anything? No, I think maybe BS is a little strong, but I do think that Data Mesh, my prediction is that it will become Data Mush in three to five years, <laughs> just like the Data Lake became a Data Swamp yeah. and Data Warehouses became monolithic morasses, right? There's no silver bullet to this area, right? Uh, centralization, decentralization, you still got to do the fundamentals the blocking and tackling, which is always hard, which is getting people on the same page with terms and definitions, having a strong glossary, a strong data catalog that manages, consolidates your metadata, and having strong alignment organizationally between your business and technology teams, and a strong data platform that supports self-service. Yeah, I, I whether you're that's doing, a great take. Yeah, whether you're doing data mesh or centralized data warehouse, you need those. You still need to do those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to be smart with your data. You got to do the right management. You can't just open up all the gates and let there be data chaos, right? So. Yeah, yeah. We saw that with self-service, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seems like a no-brainer, win-win. But if you don't govern it, you don't manage it, it becomes absolute chaos. Awesome. Well, thanks, Wayne. Appreciate your no BS take. My pleasure. Yeah. All right. This is Catalog and Cocktails. A special thanks to Data.World for supporting the show, Carly Berghoff for producing, John Loyans and Brian Jacob for the show music, and thank you to the entire Catalog and Cocktails fan base.